from the Diocese of Gallup. Welcome to Crozier Cast, our second season. This is Suzanne Hammonds, Director of Communications for the Diocese, and as always, with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you today? I'm doing great, Suzanne. How are you doing? Very good. To, um, so today we wanted to delve a little, de- delve a little deep into a topic that it, it's honestly it's been it's been uh, relevant for quite some time, but. Um, especially in the in recent months we've seen this kind of come to a head and it's it's we wanted to talk about virtue versus virtue signaling so those may sound similar but they're actually completely different so bishop well do you want to kind of break it down for us sure so well i guess let's let's first uh take a look at um what virtue signaling is and we we seem to uh see so much of that going on in our in our um society uh today and so, uh, probably the best way, when I was just looking up a, a couple of definitions on uh, uh, virtue signaling, um, you know, the, I came up with this one little one, the pract- action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. So it doesn't really seem to kind of go along with the traditional notion of virtue, you know, something that we foster in our life, something that we hope that becomes habitual, uh, something that is good, uh, you know, particular virtues in our life. Um, it, it seems to be a little more kind of pointing out to everybody, uh, look how virtuous I am because I'm taking this particular opinion or this particular position. Or I think in our modern times, it seems to be, look how virtuous I am because I'm hating all the correct people. And I think that's, that's really what we're seeing mostly with virtue signaling uh, and nowadays. So it's a little different than, than um, actually not just a little different um, than what you know, true, true virtue is, you know, the behavior of uh, showing a high moral standards. Many times it has nothing to do with moral standards whatsoever. Um, many times it's it's low moral standards, and it's just simply saying, "I took this position. I hate the wrong per. I hate the correct person. Um, everybody's piling on this person. So am I. Well, well, look how great I am." And it seems to be much, you know, more and more obvious, especially with social media and things like that. But in a way, this behavior is nothing new. We see it even in the the Bible. There's that story of. The, the widow, the poor widow in the temple, you know, there's the people that go and they, they demonstrate, look at how virtuous I am by donating however much, and they make sure that everyone in the temple can see it, and then, you know, the, there's this poor widow and all she has is, you know, a couple of coins and she gives them, but she doesn't demonstrate, she does it very quietly, and, and she gives everything she has, and the difference between the two, you know, so even in, in biblical times, this was sure. something that was known to everybody, you know. Or, yeah, I think it was... It's uh, the wealthy man and Lazarus too, you know, essentially saying, "I'm just so happy I'm not like this poor slob," and uh, you know, they kind of it's the same, same. I, I think the same direction as well. But yeah, we we're seeing that more and more and more, and I think one of the reasons for that is, as we move more into a secular society or a post-Christian society, post-Judeo-Christian society here in the United States then um, many people are losing that grounding, that foundation. And we think about the scripture passage where our Lord talks about the, the wise man who builds his house upon uh, rock, 
as opposed to the foolish one who builds his house upon sand. And if, if one has no faith, no faith ultimately in, in the foundation, the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, then um, you know, you're going to be susceptible to all sorts of you know, kind of modern trends or whichever way the opinion is going or whichever way the wind is blowing, you're going to be kind of carried away with those things. And I think we're, we're seeing more and more of that as opposed to somebody saying, okay, am I, am I saying this because this is something that's, that's true? Um, am I taking this particular opinion because I've looked into this and this is the, the correct opinion? Or, you know, it's like we see virtue signaling, much of it is, okay, and I, I need to um, badmouth this person, put this person down, put this group down, whatever, to show everybody, look how good I am because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saying bad things about the right person or right group. And I would, I would say I've noticed it goes even, even deeper than that. We started to view people, strangers, as, as almost demons. You know, it's like if you don't believe in the devil, you start to make devils of, of people, whether that's a politician on either side or someone that you see in a video or on, on social media. And I, I guess we can say sort of what kicked this off is this controversy at the March for Life. And, and we'll, we won't go into deep to it here because we can reference like Patrick Madrid in the show notes and he covered it. But I mean, it's so easy to take just something quickly out of context and, and jump on the bandwagon with, with demonizing one side or the other, not waiting to understand the full view of something. And then you get, you're so desperate to believe the worst of people that are perceived as your enemies, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was it was incredible about how fast that went. You know, that was um, that was like a wildfire. It just, you know, that spark that was lit, and it just blazed like like uh, like mad. You know, think about in, in James, uh, the letter of James, which is a pastoral letter, how one ought to live, and he talks about uh, uh, the gift of the tongue, and um, he talks about you know that spark. It can set something ablaze, and we can choose to use it in a good way. So what is a good way to use the gift of speech? Praise God to build our brothers and sisters up, right? To say the things which are good and pleasing um, in the sight of God. Or we can use it the opposite way to really go after people, tear people down. And, and um, I think in, in that case, you know, there wasn't a good enough time for people to stop and say, okay, hold on a second. What, what really happened here? And instead, they, they took this small, this small quote or this small little um, video uh, snippet, and they, they, they went with that and they ran with it as opposed to kind of maybe panning back and saying, let's look at the, let's look at the entire situation and see what was happening. As we know, there were some, some people that were saying some really, really horrible, awful things about everybody, and that would be the black Israelites, and unfortunately they seem to have a pass in all of this. And then there was this, this so-called encounter, the exchange between uh, this young man, these, these young boys from, uh, from uh, Covington Catholic High School, and who were, who were being boys, boys will be boys, and they were just being boys. And, um, and this uh, a group that was there uh, marching for um, uh, Native Americans or indigenous uh, rights. Uh, and so they took this one little instance and they blew it out all the proportion. And, and then that's kind of this whole virtue, virtue signaling. Within 24 hours, people were saying, well, these, uh, 
they were kind of puffing themselves up because I'm hating the right person or the right group. That's what they were doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they would have stopped, maybe discerned this a little bit, maybe gathered a little more information, you know, many people would have seen that they were actually completely wrong. What, what What's even worse to me is that you get people that should know better. So let's say members of the media that are trained, you know, if you're a journalist, you're trained to find the facts, to wait for the facts and to, to get the truth of the story. Or you have prominent public figures or celebrities and they have a large platform and a large voice and instead of waiting for the facts, they also jump on the bandwagon. And it's a symptom of, of again, our society, which is to be the first, you know, headlines if it bleeds, it leads, right? Like headlines yep. or what people read, the faster I can get out the scoop on this story without actually figuring out what happened, the more clicks I get, the more revenue I get. So it's really, it's it's a problem from the top down. It's our, it's kind of seeped into our whole society, which is a shame to me. Yeah, that, that line you just said, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, or it bleeds, it reads, you know, it's, that is, that is so much a, a, a part of what's going on in our society or our or world today. And Rhett, Rather than stopping and saying, okay, is this true? Is this correct? Can I be objective in this? Uh, many people are saying, I want to get this information out, whether it's the media or whoever, you know, the uh, social media. Um, anybody can tweet or, or text or send anything out nowadays. And um, and so it, it's, you know, it's, it's a matter of, let me, let me stop. Let me take a step back. Is this true? Is this good? Is this something that, that should be put out there? Um, is this correct? Things like that. And I think, unfortunately, in our society, and again, I think that comes back to that foundation. You know, if you lose your moral compass, if you lose your, your moral foundation, which we would, ours is in Christ, right? And um, if you lose the sight of that, then, then everything's fair game. Yeah. You can say, do anything you want, any, anything you want. And it seems to be in our society today, the, the, the way that we do that now is that whole virtue signaling. It's just, you know, um, finding a, a common enemy or finding the most popular enemy or, you know, finding, you know, turning somebody into the, the so-called pinata and every just, you know, everyone just beating them to death. And in doing so, saying, look how great I am because I'm, I'm going after the, the enemy, the yeah. true enemy. And it would, I guess this would probably stem from a lack of true virtue or a lack, like you said, we don't, we've gotten away from the traditional, you know, Judeo-Christian values that valued actual virtue. And so when we have no idea what that looks like, we latch on to whatever the quote-unquote virtue is that's, that's popular. I mean, it's, it's the same thing we've seen the whole Me Too movement, look at how deep the sickness goes in a group like Hollywood. Sure. And you still have prominent people that are now being accused of, of pedophilia or abuse, and yet, you know, it, th those deep, awful things were never addressed, and yet we know that so many celebrities are the first to jump on the virtue signaling bandwagon instead of cultivating true virtue in their lives. So how would you say, what would you recommend to anybody who's listening what, how would you recommend that they start to cultivate actual virtue in their real lives? All right. So I would go with uh, 1 Corinthians 12, the end of it, and then we go into 13. And everybody, when they hear that, they're like, well, that might sound familiar. And it should because that's the, quote, wedding reading, right? That's <laughs> yeah. the one that everybody wants. And we just had it at Mass this past Sunday. And that's, that's my, my uh, that would always be my beginning point. And the reason for that is St. Paul... He wants to talk about what true love is. 
and he talks about, you know, if if uh, in in speech, what is speech and what is speech without love? He says, if I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, and that's just a noisemaker, and it's a noisemaker that can be pretty irritating too, and so think about that. If this this kind of um, this whole virtue signaling really it is an attempt. To, for people, I think, to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. But, you know, what is, what is true love? Love is willing um, the good of the other as, uh, as other, right? And so um, I think that has to be our starting point, you know, we have a, uh, a genuine love. And if we're, if we're not speaking or if we're not acting out of love, then we really don't have a right to speak or act. Yeah. It's you know if 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 I have not love right all um, noisy gong clanging symbol, and then Paul Saint Paul goes into that whole litany about what love is. It's never self-seeking right. Again, loving is, is willing the good of the other as other. Uh, uh, Bishop Barron loves to say that on his um, uh, on his anything he does, and so I, I I heard him say that about 15 years ago, and I thought ah that's it that's what I want. I'm going to use that. And uh, which is Thomas Aquinas, you know, but he says it, he says it really well, very accessible for our times. So um, yeah, loving love is willing the good of the other as other. Other. So I think that's that's that has to be our, our starting point. And then you know, w- with a virtue, it's something that we want to to foster, and we want it's something that we want to become a habitual. You know, the opposite of virtue is a vice. We don't want to foster or vice to become habitual. We know when it does, it's, it, it, just, it, it can just um, not only tear our life apart, but everyone around us as well. But if we're fostering and making something to become habitual that is good, for example, the virtue of love, um, then, uh, then we're really going to have a genuine care concern with, with others. And I think when stories like these do come up, they're going to cause us to stop first and take a pause and say, hold on a second, is this true? Yeah. Right? And, um, and it helps us avoid, you know, um, helps us avoid gossip. Again, the letter of James talks about gossip and how sinful gossip is. And, um, you know, there's a couple, couple types of gossip. Um, we always talk about calumny and uh, detraction. So... Um, you know, calumny is 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 making, um, uh, saying something about somebody, gossiping about somebody, uh, that is false, and that that seems to happen quite a bit in our society, uh, not just in the media, but you know, interpersonal with people and stuff, and so you know, it's just something that's flat out false. That's sinful. It's mm-hmm. it's a sin, and uh, if we find ourselves guilty of committing this particular type of um, of gossip, sinful gossip, then you know we have to we have to confess it. Yeah, we have to confess it. And then the other is detraction. Um, you know, it's it's saying something about somebody or maybe gossiping about somebody um, where it's true. And again, that's so much a part of of our society in the social media realm. Everybody just wants to see if they can get out the latest gossip as fast as possible. And I think when we look at both of that, so we look at gossip and then we look at those two types, you know, calumny and detraction, you know, they're anything but concerned with love. 
And so again, if we are not speaking or acting out of love, we really lose our right to speak or act. Could we delve a little bit into that? Because so we all know that saying something, bearing false witness, gossiping, and, and fostering something that's false—it should be obviously bad. But you mentioned detraction, which is saying something about someone that's true. true. So how would that be bad? If it maybe if it's we rejoice in it or we're happy that somebody is is being sure. bad, and we, is that what you're kind of talking yeah, I see about? The fall. Yeah, in, in one of the things I try to give people a, kind of a way to approach gossip if they're struggling with gossip. You know, if I'm saying something about you, for example, okay, and something that's true, and, um, you know, would I say the very same thing if you were here with me? I think that's a great way to just kind of, you know, we need these little devices in our life to catch ourselves. So if, you know, if I'm perhaps talking to your mom, I know your mom, <laughs> and I'm talking about Suzanne, and I'm saying something that's true, you know, would I say the very same thing if you were sitting there? I think that's a that's a one little device to kind of hold hold us back. Now, if I have no filter, yeah. you know, I might just say anything. But um, but I think that's a that's a good little thing to 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 use. And I guess we could draw a line there between one of the spiritual works of mercy is to admonish the sinner. Yeah. But that, like you said, if you when you admonish the sinner, it's it's because you love them and you want them to do better. You know, and it's not because you're showing how good you are in comparison or anything versus what you're talking about, which is just rejoicing in the fact that somebody is, is doing something wrong. Sure, if we're admonishing the sinner, what we're doing is loving the other as other because, you know, we don't want to see anyone fall into sin, ourselves or, or someone else, especially if we truly love love them. And so if, they're, if there's something bad, if they've done something wrong, if they need to be brought back um, from, uh, you know, uh, going wayward, you know, sometimes we have to say something, but we're saying it out of love. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's loving, the, you know, willing the good of the other as other. And maybe that there is the key because when we talk about virtue signaling or piling on, we're rejoicing in the fact that we can shame somebody. Yeah. We're, 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 it gives us a little endorphin rush that we can participate in the mob or the, or the admonishment. And it's not because we want, we're, we genuinely want the other person to change or we're interested in that. It's look at how good I am in comparison. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I think that's, that's it's really kind of the root of the whole problem. You know, it, it, has, it says nothing about, I want my brother or sister to change. I want my brother or sister to come into the light or, you know, you know who is straight away to come back in the right, the right path. It was been that, that one of the 99 who has wandered off, who's now come back within the fold. It says none of that. And what it really says is, I just want to keep piling on this person. I want this person to stay down. And so somehow I can feel better about myself. Yeah. Yeah, which is anything but love. So do you have any, maybe as we move into the home stretch here, any action steps you'd recommend? I mean, per personally, I found the last couple of years uh, that I've almost completely gotten off social media, unless it's to do with work things. I, I almost never personally go on Facebook or Twitter because it causes, it was just so stressful and you would see things, you know, it causes you to think badly of not just strangers, but even your own family members, if they maybe take a detract, you know, a different view and you start to find yourself wanting to get angry at them or yell at them. And so that, to me, has been just a huge stress reliever, is cutting out that noise, Sure. like you said. Sure. So what, what are some things that you might, might recommend? Well, I think one of the things is, you know, speaking of noise, there's goes the train rolling through. 
But I think one of the things we, we want to do, if we're looking at things like Twitter, we look at things like Facebook or Instagram, whatever the case might be, I think we have to stop and say, how much time am I spending on these things? Whether it's with my mobile device, whether it's my you know, uh, laptop, desktop, whatever, how much time am I spending on those things? Am I giving, thing, giving time over to those things? And um, try to kind of counterbalance that, say, if I'm giving you know, a day, I'm, I, sometimes you'll get a little report on your screen how many hours you, you average, and then you, you look at it and whatever, I'm, I'm gonna just give you an example, three, four, yeah. five, whatever hours, and then you stop and you think, well, how much time did I give to prayer? Or how much time did I give to scripture? Or how much time did I give to doing some sort of good work for, for someone in need? I think that's a good way to say, well, maybe I need to, I need to flip my life upside down and I need to um, go toward the side of virtue and uh, you know, work through works of charity and, and things like that. So I think that's, that's one, one good thing uh, to do. Um, the other thing is to be discerning, you know, be discerning. Try not to be duped. I think a lot of people were duped with the, the, uh, the, the incident a few weeks ago. I was for, yeah. for about a day. I, I honestly thought that the, the narrative that was going around was the true narrative. And I felt ashamed as somebody who's been to the March for Life and is a Catholic, you know. Yeah. So even, yeah, that's, I usually I feel like I'm pretty good about that, but even I went along with it for a while well yeah. you're a horrible person <laughs> and i'm showing how great i am because i'm saying how bad you were yeah. so i'm, I'm proving this Can point never make it up. i'm proving this point <laughs> virtue signaling on my part um no yeah i think so to, to be a, a, a more discerning uh to maybe to give pause um that's one of the things we do when we do discern just thinking about this discern practice itself you know is is this something that is of god um, so I want to stop, I want to pray about it, maybe gather a little more information, not be so quick to, to push, push the button, to yeah. push the like, to push the send. Um, I heard a great little um, uh, thing from Father Robert McTagg on, on Catholic Radio, and he, he was talking about with his students, he, he talks about this, you know, just being, not to be so quick to like something or tweet something or whatever. And he says, um, you know, because what that does is it creates a digital tattoo. And that's, that's a little something that I think we should think about. You know, once you get a tattoo, you're stuck with it, unless you get it taken off. And even if you get it taken off, you still have a scar mm -hmm. that remains. But, you know, this, this kind of whole uh, digital tattoo. And um, it's not a matter of, first and foremost, oh, this could come back to haunt me. I think that's what a lot of people think. But secondly, you know, is this the right thing to do? Is this true? Is it good? Is it beautiful? Uh, to sort of sort of think about those things first. Um, maybe you know, not not be so quick to to push the button, send the button, to pile on whatever whatever the case might be. It's like the the gospel. One of my favorite bits in the gospels with the Jesus stopping the stoning of the woman. Yeah. And I think it's important to note she she was an adulteress, right? She wasn't completely innocent, um, but throwing you know stoning her to death or or screaming was not going to fix that or change sure. it you know acting in in true love what which is what jesus did was the solution you know it's one of the most beautiful stories i think in there and i think that's a great i mean oh, it's a great but i hate to say <laughs> that but it's an example of kind of like a physical virtue signaling look at all of us we're standing here we're condemning this person 
because of the horrible thing that she did. Look how great we are because we're doing this. And I think that's so much of what we have going on on today. So to, yeah, to stop and to think and to maybe take pause and invite the Lord in in, in, at that moment uh, before you push that button, before you, um, or if it's not even just in the social media realm, it's just maybe a conversation that you're having with, with someone or, or somebody shared information with you. Now, sometimes when people share information with us about something bad that somebody did, you know, is our, is our first response to be, oh, that's awful, that horrible person to pile on? Or is it, this person needs our prayers, this person needs our support? And, um, you know, whether we agree with the person or not. And I, I think that's an act of love to pray for someone who is, has gone astray, who's done something wrong. You know, as I said, you know, let he without, with, without uh, sin cast the first stone. Yeah. And uh, we've all been there. We've all done things wrong. And, um, and so uh, to, to maybe to be maybe a little more conscious of that, the human condition uh, at, the, at that moment. Awesome. Okay, anything else that you'd like to add? I think I have covered everything, and I don't think there's anything else I could say in the world or add to it. No, I, 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 uh, I, I do go back to that. I think it's, it's important. That, and if you're, you find you're struggling with it, you know, go to the Scripture and read it. Um, so I quoted today, you know, James, the letter of James, chapter 3, talks about the gift of tongue. Um, in other words, be a good steward of the gifts that you've received from God, to realize that everything you have, you are and able to do. Is a gift from God. What's a good steward? A steward's a good manager. So manage the gift, the, the gifts you've received well. And a big gift is that of speech. We're able to speak. We're able to um, give our opinions. We're able to weigh in on things because of God. God who's created us in His image and likeness. And so, you know, our, our, we want to make sure that we're always doing this out of love, willing the good of the other as, as other. Great. Well, thank you, Bishop Wall, again for another episode of Crozier Cast. You're welcome. Thanks. God bless.